Are we on? John, we're on, right? Number three? Episode three? Yeah, I think so. All right. Listen, out of the gate, man, I want to ask you about your new podcast with Zach and Polly. What's this about? And how did uh, it come about? Uh, so the gist of it, it's called the Seemingly Unknown Podcast. And it's just literally, there's current news bits, but it's just kind of like road stories, inside jokes, and just really honest yet comical just takes and our thoughts on different stuff. Uh, whether it's the gorilla glue girl with hair, the glue in her hair, uh, stuff yeah, like yeah. that where it's like, we really just make fun of these idiots. Um, and so it started like the first episode Zach kind of talks about, but basically he was the first artist to tweet out the Prince had died uh, because someone they were touring with is the, his brother-in-law was the detective in, uh, for Paisley Park. And uh, so that's how it got out. Well, Zach assumed that the news already out. He tweeted it out, like, right before it went to bed. Hey, the legend's gone. Rest in peace, Prince, blah, blah, blah. He woke up to, like, 20 calls from, like, uh, BBC, Sky News, NBC, Fox News, because he was the first one to tweet it out. And wow. the tickers in the BBC the next day was like seemingly unknown guitar, seemingly unknown guitar player Zach Myers first tweet and that's how, <laughs> kind of how it started seemingly unknown. My that's amazing. Already, they had already sold ten million records, so the BBC was like seemingly unknown guitar player. That's fantastic. Out. Did he get like a plaque or anything for being the first? I don't know. I mean, I think he got a dove. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, man of random so the reason why because you and i we don't really schedule we're kind of like text each other hey because we don't know when you wake up in a good mood or if you're busy with work or you're always working out no dude i stuff. prefer to wake up just kind of however because that's called the whole process of this that's kind of the premise of the premise of this show is like catch you off guard and just go with it no, and so 100%. And so the reason why I was like, hey, you ready right now? Dude, I was on Facebook naturally, and they do these ads now. And I saw an ad where Randy Jackson, the bass player from Journey, American Idol coach. The guy that signed the uh, the Samurai Sword? Yes. From, uh, <laughs> from uh, Step, Step Brothers. And so yeah, yeah. he's in an ad. Uh, obviously, I've seen him lately since he did that. Uh, bypass surgery, but he's lost a ton of weight. He looks really like good. Well, the mm -hmm. ad was some company that talks about the importance of lemons. And in the ad, he's talking about how you use the lemon juice, the lemon rind, the seeds, all this stuff. But I literally watched this ad for a product I have no idea what it was about. I don't even care about lemonade. Yet I'm just looking at it, I go, where do celebrities, how, what's the process of being offered a kind of gig like that where it's like hey you be a spokesperson for the benefits of lemon like i'm just kind of i was just like blown dude, i had to watch the ad twice i was blown away by it well yeah it's not like he has a platform anymore he's not on american idol he's, he's not back in journey dude is he he's back in the, in the current lineup right now yep before covid they replaced like raise up that band is such a scuttlebutt i mean i love that band but well, not no, in its current in income. They replaced the drummer with. It's uh, yeah. uh, gone. Steve, oh, because because Ross, Valerie, and Steve Smith had a problem with the way they were getting paid. 
Yes. So they're both. And they, they wanted residuals on, on stuff that are signed. And then I think John Kane and Neil Sean were like shined them on that one. And whoever's, I don't know who manages them anymore. It's not Azoff. It's not Herbie Herbert. I don't even know who manages them anymore. But, Rich but yeah, Rich. so he got, they got, they got Ross Valerie, especially got royally screwed. Yes. And uh, so they left. So, so Randy Jackson playing bass. I don't even know. It doesn't matter who's playing drums. Does it really matter? It's like, they're like, like there's no Mix Jones isn't even in Foreigner anymore, you know. There's nobody in Foreigner. There's no one in it because those are bands that are like. And dude, if you went and saw Kansas, you wouldn't know that. Not if 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 Richard, the guy with the patch, isn't playing, you wouldn't Rich know Rick that. Yeah, no, he. Uh, no, the Rich, Rich, I can't remember his name. Rich, right, right. Uh, the ben guitar Ross player for. Used to be the singer after the first singer left. He left. Who's this? So, wasn't Ben Waugh's singer after the original singer left? No, no. You had Steve Walsh was a singer for um, for Kansas. Yes. Yeah, and I, then after that, I don't. He kind of came back and forth, and I don't know who's anyway. But it's like um, <laughs> it's like Journey is like foreigner, like all those bands from that era, dude. Where basically it's all about the songs. It's about the songs. So you know the people that go out there to the shows. I mean, there's not. I mean, I'm a hardcore Journey fan. I mean, I love Greg Rowley Journey. You know, I'm not gonna sit yeah. there and piss and moan. All I want is to hear the songs. I mean, and go out there. Those people want to be just drunk on the lawn in the amphitheater and hear "Love and Touch and Feeling." They don't care if if, if Arnell is singing it and it's not Steve Perry. They just want to hear the songs, that, man. That generation of artists and bands gets a free pass because its songs are timeless. Like, could you imagine? Yes, could thousand you imagine percent. Metallica be. One one original member or uh, Pearl Jam, one original member. Like you could, I don't think you. No, could. because listen, only because those the bands that we're talking about, Journey, Foreigner, all that bands uh, to that point, they're not really based on integrity, right? They're not like they're like their whole honus and their artists were musicians and were songwriters and we creating these songs because it they also come from a time when it was about selling records. Right. The tours are great. You go see the thing, but man, you could make your money. Look at Steely Dan proved you could make millions just being off a recording act. You know, look at, look at, you know, Steely Dan is Beck, is, is Fagan and Becker, and Becker's dead now. So it's just Donald Fagan and a couple of people going out and doing those songs. But as long as that voice is there, you know, the arrangements always say the same. There's enough great guitarists to take the place of Walter Becker to do those songs. Right. But as far as Journey, Journey is again, those are bands that came from nameless, faceless kind of. They're not like built on like personalities or appearances. The only band I could think that's even, they're not even really in the era, but close to the era would be, would be Def Leppard. And you know, and Def Leppard, they, 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 well, they just don't have all their arms, <laughs> but their legs are good to go. It's fucking so bad, dude. But fuck it, it is what it is. They still kick ass, they're and uh, yeah, they're badass, dude. And they they are, they are different, but they're a different kind of beast. Definitely different. But that's also the English in them, man. You know. And I know Foreigner started out as an English band, but uh, well, at least Mick Jones was, and you know he created the band. But they're just an American thing now. But Deep is Purple it? still tours, headlines arenas in the UK and Europe. But who's the original there, Ian? Ian, Ian Pace, Ian Pace, you got Ian Pace, you got, uh, you know, uh, Roger John Glover, and died. yeah, you got Ian Glover and, uh, and uh, uh, Roger, I'm sorry, Ian Glover, Roger, 
Ian Gillian and Roger Glover, they came from the real when the band was big. So they're, they're it's legit. You know, and Steve Morris has been with him for 20 years now, and he had his uh -huh. own thing with Dixie Dregs. And Don Blackmore has Black been gone for a long time. The last thing he did with them was when they did the Perfect Strangers thing, and that's 8586. Gotcha. So Blackmore's doing his Blackboard, that medieval stuff. Rainbow. He just, yep. Well, yeah, Rainbow after Purple, but, well, that was after Purple, like, Mark two or three. Then he came back, and then he does Rainbow now, but it's, like, with a different singer, and it's, you know, it's it's just kind of this weird thing. And then he's got that medieval thing he does with his wife, which is kind of kooky, but, hey, whatever. It's he's like got fuck you money. There, like dogs, you know, smoke on the smoke on the water bottom. All he needs as far as like financial stakes and things. So he doesn't have to worry about like, I got to get out there and pay the mortgage on my now, fifth how castle. Much do you think he's made off that song. Shit, dude. I mean, listen, even if you. I mean, Guitar I mean, Hero alone, the first Guitar Hero. Yeah. Well, was, yeah. I mean, like every film, like let's, let's just take Wayne's World. You know, oh, yeah. you, can, you, dan, 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 and it, you know, it's like TV shows. I, yep. I can't imagine how much they made. He's made off it, and you know what? It's like I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, millions, millions. How about that? Just millions. But uh, yeah, so Deep Purple's legit, and they have Don Airy, who's been around forever with Ozzy Band and everyone else on keys. So they're okay. They're they're like you know you can go see them, and and it's like the Scorpions. As long as Rudy, Matthias, and Klaus are there, right, you're good. And Mickey Dia drums, like you're, you're. And Mickey Dia, so you know, it's like it's not like you, it's not like you're getting some fill in who's just you know some German studio guy. It's an absolute legend. So yeah. it's different, but you know, Journey and things like that. That's just a whole different thing, man. Where you basically like you're picking your singer. It's like when an excess went out and tried to replace Michael Hutchins with that. You know, let's go find someone who won a contest, kind of thing. It works for a very small thing, but Hutchins is so much larger than in excess. Yes. So like his sex appeal, his voice, it's just, it's not matchable. So, but then look at the, I mean, look at this thing with Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, are they ever going to really do another album? No, they're just going to work those first. They're going to just be a live entity. Which, you know what? They serve a purpose, and the rest of those bad guys deserve to still do what they love, too, which I love. Absolutely, dude. If people are paying to go see him, and that's fine. I mean, and there's nothing you can do about Wyland. He's dead. It's not like he just, oh, I don't want to join the band. He's gone. So you needed something. So in that sense, the band was like, do we carry on and just find someone who can do this? And that's what they've done. Uh, who else were we thinking about that, that, that works in it? The one band, I tell you what, and it, people would like lambast me for saying this, but I can tell you the one band that actually got better was Alice in Chains. I think Willem Duvall is a much better singer than, than Lane Staley. He's, he's not as characteristic. Too. Yeah, he's like, yeah it, it, it helps when you can have a second guitarist in a band. And people might lambast me and say, yeah, he doesn't have the characteristics of Lane, but he's also not the head case. And He's a great front, a great front man. Yep. And I think he does a song. He does all those early songs justice. And then the fact that they've made more albums since Lane's been passed away with him and they've done pretty well. And they, they sound amazing. Black, when, I think Blue Turns to Black or Black Turns yep. to Blue, that album. Shit, it's a great fucking album. Uh, so, yeah. What's the, what's the big hit off that? Uh, uh, Brave, something Brain, right? <clears throat> Yeah, check your, uh, check, your check your brain. Yeah, check yep. your brain. So that was good, man. But so 
there's bands, but there's just some bands that just won't go on. Like Soundgarden will never happen again. There's just, there's some things you just, there's some, it's like Queen. Well, Queen, I don't get me started. How However, about Lincoln Park? No, nah, I don't think so. I think Chester was just too intrinsic to that thing. Um, and I don't, I, I think like Mike uh, and those guys, I don't know what the rest of the guys are, but Sh- Sh- Shinoda does okay with like getting involved in the tech side of things and like doing his own thing. Yeah. I think Chester is just one of those guys. Just, just like, you know, it's just, we had a great run. They listen. They made bank, so it's not like a we need money thing. It, they're just they were just a great band with him in it. Um, it's one of those things, man. Every every band to a certain point has to have that player. Like let's go back to Journey real quick. They can survive because of songs, and Neil Sean's there, and Neil's still a very distinctive looking guy. Um, a bit off the deep end, but a distinctive looking guy and a player. So he kind of like, you know what? Dude was playing with fucking like Santana in 71. Who am I yeah, at no, 15? The guy's got chops. He's legit. It guy's like minted. So what got us on this talk about? Uh, Randy Jackson's lemonade. Randy Jackson. That's fucking right. So <laughs> the lemon thing, dude, I can tell you this about lemons. My experience with lemons is like, yeah, juice them. But if you just have a squeeze of a half a lemon with some like Himalayan sea salt and warm water first thing in the morning when you get up, you're going to clean those pipes real quick, man. So, yes, it is very good at restoring and resetting your body for the day. You're not going to be all backed up with, you know, shit. I like it. Yeah. And you may have to go at points when you're like really don't want to or it's inappropriate. Like you're on a Zoom call. Like, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm gonna put this uh, background up. It's, I'm here. Oh, I th- oh, hold on. I've got to. I've got to go check on my roast. I'll be right back. Yeah, the roast in my pants. <laughs> I never wanted oh. to get crass, dude, but I'm just telling you what lemons and sea salt and warm water can do for you. I've heard that. Uh, yeah, it's like saline. What? Um, I love drinking saline. No, what's the uh, epicac? What else have you done this week, though? Anything? Uh, well, we had that real dude. Listen, we so we did a Making Waste podcast on Wednesday with Barbara Ann Wild and yes, Daniela Clark, and it was so fucking good. They were so funny. They're like such intriguing women, and they have the stories they were telling us about. Like the best part, and it comes out of Monday. The best part was this, and we, I, I stole from you. You told me what it was. You you were kind of poised a question like, what, what, how did their life change when they made those? Yeah. When he went to. And she said it was like crazy. Like, so Barbara Ann was just like, you got to remember, Zach got that gig when he was 18. She was 16 in high school. They were in high school. And I was, so <laughs> see, he, he was offered a full ride to Berkeley School of Music because he right. was like the star in the town. And, and she's like, well, you know, do you take the Berkeley thing or you go with Ozzy? You go with Ozzy. Yeah, I'm sure sure he thought probably like, hey, I'll do what Randy Rose is what Randy before Randy passed. He was going to leave Ozzy and go teach classical music. Right. You know, that was his that was his goal. So probably Zach probably saw it as like a 10 year plan. And I'll go out and do something. I'll be still so young. So I was like, well, Barbara, what was it like to be like in high school? You're like a sophomore, junior high school and your boyfriend is in Ozzy's band. What was that like? She's like, it was crazy. But she was so busy, even at 16 and 17 helping manage him like she wasn't his manager but she was like zach you've got to do this you got to do that and she got into the business of like 17 or 18 like learning and understanding management she she moved to la she went to ucla for music management and then started working like AM records like learning how to deal with like licensing and everything like that so 
she's been on the ball since and they've been married for 30 years almost 30 years and daniela she met gilby and I, she met gilby dude she was 16 she was she's she's born in israel Damn. and then she was living in south africa and her and her younger brother and sister came to LA and they were young. I guess she was kind of like overseeing the trip. No parents sent them there and they trusted her to do it. Well, they were, she always wanted to walk down like sunset Boulevard or Hollywood Boulevard. She's walking down and she sees this music video being filmed. And at the time, I guess her kicking around town, Gilby called candy. Yes. And so she, uh, they were doing a, a, like a video for some MTV thing. And she walked by there and remember she's 16 and he's like like six or seven years older. Anyway, so she sees him and doesn't know who it is, but just thinks he's hot with all his big hair and he's wearing like torn stock like it's like like fishnet stockings under jeans. She thinks it's so rad. So she left the film shoot. Well, he saw her in the crowd and like had the makeup girl chase her down the street and like bring her back because he wanted to meet her. Well, like a week later, they were supposed to go back to South Africa and they get the airport and her brother and sister are going to get on the plane. And she goes, tell mom and dad I'm staying. Damn. Now, understand something. She told Gilby she was 18. Right. So the all and I won't give too much away, but the only way they found he really found out her age is when they got married because they had to go to the justice of the peace and get the wedding certificate. And she had to fess up how old she was at the time. And she ended up being 21 at the time they got married. So he was 29. So, dude, yeah. it's just kind of funny. And she says, yeah. She's like, you know, she was really worried um, because she goes, and this is, don't cry, just come out and all that stuff. And she's seeing, like, the band with a lot of supermodels. She goes to, like, a rehearsal, and it's, like, Stephanie Seymour and all these models are hanging around. She's like, oh, my God, this is what I'm going to have to deal, contend with. And, you know, she's a very attractive woman. She modeled herself, but you're running into all these people who are, like, very famous. Right magazine models and gilby was cool he said you know what the only way this is going to work and you won't be worried is that you got to come on the road so she went on the road which is rare i mean i'm surprised the band actually let him bring his wife on the road right but he was like that was part of the deal it's like i get to bring her and that's how it happened and yeah it's like anyone man she's like you know you're like sitting there and you're like 21 and you're talking to like keith richards after like it's because the band's opening for a festival in europe with them just right. cr crazy. You know, you don't even know what to think anymore. Right. It's like they, and they, they still get starstruck. I mean, um, believe it or not, you know, who makes, uh, I don't know if you know him, but who makes, uh, Barbara Ann starstruck is Eric Johnson, a Texas blues player. Really? Yeah. Cause she just like thinks he's the best, like most amazing, like intelligent, like guitar player. Right. And she Better freaks out. Yes. No. Well, yeah. Cause you know, Zach is Zach, you know, he's married, you know, it's like the, the honeymoon. Well, yeah, that, that stage wears off. But it, it was so, dude, that was just a lot of fun. And I don't want to take too much away, but it was, they're great. They're super smart. And, and it's so funny because Chad, the co-host, he used to, when he was growing up, he used to manage a high-end denim store in the, this mall outside Detroit. And they sold like all these jeans to mostly women. Well, I didn't realize Daniela Clark had a, a line called Frankie B named after their daughter. And it was like high-end jeans. And they were like, like the must-have jeans. So Chad goes, Oh my god, we used to sell those jeans, so they were going back and forth. So that was a real fun story. Awesome. Saying she, he goes, wait a minute, you're the Frankie B, and like he kind of had an epiphany when he was talking on. He's like, oh my god, you know, he kind of freaked out. So yeah, dude. So that did that, and 
Finally finish up that Mumson article, man. 4,000 words. Is, it, is that a lot or to, to, like, for you? Like, what is that? Is that no, a- dude. Like, the average interview, the average magazine article is like a 1,000 words. Yeah, but you, you, if every word means something, then that's all. That's, that's well, because the interview, like, they did, I wanted the interview because all of her stuff she was saying, I couldn't, like, dissect it and go, let me break this down because I want to see everyone. I want everyone to see her thought process into her answers. And there's a really long intro into the band and what the album was about. And then just her breaking down stuff. So I whittled it down some dude, but I'm thinking if I don't get the cover, I'm going to be pissed. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, dude, just did that, man. (laughs) Watched all the craziness going on in the world. Um, I I know there's Texas fucking, uh, rush passing away. Oh, yeah. And dude, let me tell you something. And I know some people. They and I blocked them finally. Facebook that fucking like, I was like, you know, thanks for everything, Rush. You fucking amazing. Your amazing voice. And he listened to all sides all the time. He didn't agree with it, but he, I'll give you a platform. I'll listen to you, but I'll oh, shut you down yeah. if you're wrong. And they're just vile. I hope he rots in hell. I'm thinking, I mean, that just a you're telling me now the rotten. Uh, to me, I, I, you know, I'm not telling you, but you know, you're a fan of him. Like, well. If, that's someone I really like and care for. In a lot of ways, you're putting that off on me too. Well, have you noticed that the side, and again, I try to get political here, but I think this needs to be said, yeah. that the side that is the left, which is liberal, uh, which I think is head, but the true Democrats, is they've been hijacked by this ultra left leading shit. But- 1,000%, dude. And I feel bad for my friends that are Democrats right. because- they're, they're they're center. They want to talk. Let's discuss things. This this other one is just basically like, just like they the have no room. People have taken over our the conservative side. Like it's just there's and no... that's not true. That's not where do they get that? That's just some sort of fantasy they have. No. Um, so dude, yeah. So real quick, I mean, so losing him, I'm thinking. Well, as a conservative, I'm like, well, who's the voice? Mark Levin is hit or miss with me. How about Ben Shapiro? No, absolutely not. No, he he is a, he is a fair weather friend. Interesting. He, he, I don't, he, I don't he, pay attention. I see clips of everyone. He's smart. He's super smart, but he's one of those guys. He reminds me of some like yappy college student who just is too smart for his own good. Well, um, just and there's enough to stay at that area, but will do everything he can to maintain that level, and that includes playing both sides for sure. Oh, he does plays both sides. Whatever the prevailing winds are, that's what he goes with. He's like Cernovich, man. The only guy I really like is uh, Jack Basibiak, but I don't know if Jack has enough. I don't think he has. Rush had a big personality too, cigars and golf and you know this and that. You're just kind of one of those guys. You know it's going to be fringe for a while, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know I, what's going to so, happen with. Right, right. I guess what I was trying to say was that I saw some of these people comment on your post. Were like, I hope he burns in hell. I know exactly who that guy. Like, I wanted to punch the guy in the face just because it was so like stupid and it's okay to disagree with well, someone and have different feelings and stuff but the side is supposed to be intolerant uh, the, the, the left the liberals supposed to be compassionate and understanding of all people they're the most hate-filled antagonistic oh they go after everyone racist if you don't agree right they're, they're they go after yeah. you they, they shadow ban you they it's just like dude at yeah. what point do you all need to get punched in the face well they need to throw but yeah that dude so I blocked him and the girl that liked that post that he said that, and I know both of them. Um, you know, he's a San Francisco guy. She's a Brooklyn girl. Um, 
you know, they're and uh, it's just typical for that that mindset of some of those places. And I don't, I, I, I've never liked to think that a region creates a mindset, but they back themselves in the corners all the time, you know. Yeah. So I, you know what, I, I, I all I, instead of coming back and and coming at them, I was like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, it's just sometimes the best way to deal with that shit is like, okay, well, what am I going to say that's going to change your fucking hate filled mind? Nothing, and I don't care to. Quite honestly, I don't want you on my side if that's the case. Yeah, at what point, like, obviously, you put it on your social media, so it's out there, but does that warrant a response on either, like, like, that's why I don't get, like, I don't see someone, if someone posts something and I disagree with it, I'm not commenting my side. Because Dude, it's a hit. It. It's, it's a stupid. fucking hit and run. You know, they don't have the balls to post anything, like, an original thread on there, so they'll just find other people's stuff to kind of sneak in there. Like, you know, fucking hiding in the grass, put it and then get out. You know, they don't have to own the thread. They don't have to own anything. And they just, you know, you can go down that. Well, it's like, dude, like yesterday, man. I'm like, you know, I post a really good thing about fucking Noel Gallagher or Liam oh, Gallagher. that guy was such and a And it's like, dude, dude. it's like, well, and I was like, you realize this is my opinion, right? And, and let me tell you, then he brings up D. And I know James. I'm like, he brings up D. I'm thinking... That's not even a, no. I, I, I listen. I love Dio. Dio's voice live. He also can't sing Noel Gallagher Oasis songs. Exactly, well, dude. And I don't think Noel's gonna is. or Liam's not gonna sit there and try to sing about fucking dragons. No, you know. It's the rainbow in the dark. Yeah, dude. Yeah, on. it's like can you imagine that shit? But I, you know what? But I guarantee you, he may say that, but I guarantee you, Ronnie would be the first to go up to Liam and go, "Man, you're a fucking great frontman." Dude, they'd be drinking wine together, talking shit, and catering. 100%. Oh, dude, it's so funny how the amount of like big stars, Metallica, or whoever, they worship Liam Gallagher, worship yeah, him. Dude, even Mumford and Sons, Coldplay. Uh, yeah, people do. I mean, it's just Elton John. Like, these people literally love what that guy represents. Yeah, and they it's like, that. and my idea was like, dude, this isn't about the singing because we start getting into the singing thing. Yeah, I. Bruce Dickinson and all those people, they're great frontmen. I mean, but listen, we always talk about the best frontman in the world. Probably one of the worst voices in the world was David Lee Roth. It's about that thing. A frontman is a thing. It's a swing. It's a swerve. Now, fucking everything, man. If you got, the, He had the songs. He had the voice in the studio that fit the songs. The swagger, the bravado, the confidence, the cheekiness, and then, of course, the stage manner. Could he pull the songs off live? No, that's why you have Eddie to carry it. Right, and Mike Lanthony to sing the backup. One thousand percent, and all the fucking like all the stuff that comes with it. But then you with with Liam, it's just like the like I said, I mentioned, man, the guy that can step away from the microphone and just stare at the crowd with looking into nothing and just still personify a confident frontman. The man. only guy that can look good in an orange parka and a tambourine and have the crowd go nuts, man. Absolutely, Stop. dude. Stop. Yeah, so. So, yeah, that's one of those things, too. It's like, again, it just shows you that people like to sneak in, say their shit, and get the fuck out. And it's just like, man, you know what? At some point, I'm like, you know, wh wh whatever, man. You know, you're going to have to look like an ass, and I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you have to say about my opinion. Right. Challenge me. Tell me who the last rock star is then, bro. Yeah, he'd probably be like, uh, uh, John Popper. Yeah, I, yeah. I just hate. I just, I just hate people. I think maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they leave a lot to be desired. 
so like stupid. most of them are like hanging on by the fingernails to keep you in the in, in that you want to like man you know what are you bringing to my life anymore man what are you bringing to my life i don't know man just absolute ridiculousness so dude look up quick back so you're doing this thing with zach and you guys kind of go in they're like this you guys are like this you kind of yeah, go yeah, I mean, right it's just very like and uh, so how many Yes, do you think you average a week? Like you as hosting and ho and being a guest? Um okay, so once a week, uh are we talking just recording? So okay, so I do at least one with Sibley Sibley Adone, one was this one scatterbrained. Um or two. Left. Yeah, I mean we we, we might do four after this. And so yeah. the, we go back to talking about uh uh Neil Curtin's love of live juice. No, so we're just kind of like <laughs> I do the CBO don't, I do Scatterbrain, and then Spear Talk. Um, it changes. Last week I recorded eight hours, or actually ten hours, eight episodes last week. Um, and that the reason I record early and I I keep the news. We don't talk about current events outside the last year pandemic. So mm -hmm. I case my work schedule starting to get crazy with the actual security stuff. So I need to have enough to get me through at least May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last week I did ten half hours, but usually um, I also record other people's stuff once or twice a week. So I, I mean, I, on average, I'm probably six to ten hours a week talking podcasting. Do you ever get to a point where you ever feel? And I don't think you do. Do you ever feel like you get to a point where you run out of ideas? No, because I think each one offers a different thing to talk about or a different mm -hmm. outlet. If that makes sense. No, no, no. I listen, I. I can't do what we're doing now on my spear talk because it's a, it's a time limit. Uh, well, not a time limit, but I think I have to get my point across with the guest. You and yeah, I yeah. can the shit. We can talk about anything we want where I want to focus on um, that guest per se. But no, I don't. I think the minute um, I get tired or burnt out is where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take a week off. Or I need to kind of – it keeps you honest, though. I mean, it's a, we talked about last episode, but that work schedule where kind of create work for yourself and stay busy. And you never, you never stop learning and I never stop learning. So one way that I help learn and educate myself is talking to unique people and just talking about whether it's my industry or some guy who does ice water baths. And that's something that I want to learn about. So, no, it's all well, yeah, dude, I, and it's all fucking interesting. It's too, too. I, I like talking because basically uh, I really talk to many people around here. In real life, I'm I may, I probably have more conversations with the checkout person at Whole Foods, right? I probably have than I have with liners. Some of my best comments, commentary, are total strangers at cash registers or like gas stations. Like I like the other day, I got a conversation with a woman who was bagging my groceries. I didn't. Remember, I kind of usually like to bag my own, but she was there, and I'm okay. You're doing your gig. Um, and I got like I, he goes, ooh, I like these vitamins. This new chapter vitamins. They're expensive, but I'm like, well, I, I used to fucking take like thirty different fucking supplements. You know, I'm like, this is a wasteful, and b, I don't need all this. So I, I thought I'm gonna put my money into one high quality vitamin. And she goes, ooh, I like these. And then we, then we sat there for like five minutes talking about different vitamins and structures and how Bayer bought, you know, Garden of Life and all this stuff. And you can't use that anymore. She had to, so it's just like in the lines backing up, and I'm just like. Fuck it. I'm going to keep talking. You know, I'm engaging right now. Hey, that's something so, I think we all missed last year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, dude. So I don't think, man, I could do.
thinking, I was like, well, how many shows? I could probably do a show a day. Not just this, but anything. Just like if someone says, hey, you want to talk or whatever. I mean, like I really enjoy doing Jason's uh, Tales from the Pit. I love talking that because that's specifically yeah. about photography. We just did uh, well, our, our last one with Barry and Sanjay launched this past Thursday. It was great. Like I, it was, It's cool because there I can talk about photography and not deal with any other aspect of what I do in my life. I just love that centralized. Correct. But it's so funny. It's like we did the two sections, but he breaks it out. So basically he takes – he record one program and then break it in like three different episodes. So like here's episode one. Yes. like going episode two. It's like shit. Hell, <laughs> just play the whole thing at once so I can get this on my reel. <laughs> right, right. No, I, yeah, I get it. But you, you're, you're. I've always seen your first two, though. Is your third one out? No, the third one's coming out. I don't know when it is. He just kind of posts it. He'll put it on his little calendar. So I look forward to that. But uh, that was where I, I know it's the second half of me talking about some of my favorite photos or whatever. So yeah, so I was just curious about your allotment of time you give to, uh, to the podcasting. But uh, oh, dude, so let's talk about Texas for a second. So obviously Texas got itself in a fucking pickle. Um, there's lots of people pointing fingers at ERCOT to like, you know, lots of misinformation about fucking the green energy stuff and this and that and turbine blades, you know, not working properly. So water's not coming in. And then of course the one thing they all grab onto is fucking Cruz going down to Mexico. Who cares? The guy had, listen, he took his kids to safety and they wanted to go. He went down and he dropped them off. They act like he went down there and like spent a week at fucking like Margaritaville getting loaded on fucking cheap my hours. Eighteen hours he was out of his state, dude. The re- he realized you got to come back, but I mean, he kind of go. What, do you expect him to be fucking like in the pipes, like working and welding on shit, or like on the power lines working? No, he's going to be back in D.C., which is farther away than Cancun, so he can work remotely. Regardless, either way, it's bad optics. You know what bad optics is? The fact that that ERCOT has five people on the board that aren't Texans, one of them lives in Canada. That that's bad optics. Bad the, optics. The bad thing. optics is the president is the president six days after everything's happened start to say stuff. Well, we're gonna clear emergency. I'm like, yeah, you should have done that like fucking last week, Jackson. Um, but then again, he doesn't even know what fucking or he doesn't even know what planet he's on. And I don't even think you know. So, to, so and Cruz is like, look, man, we have governor, mayors, city officials regional officials that take care of this stuff. We have people like an oil and natural gas that are there working on this. I'm just another voice at that time. He never stopped. I mean, it's, it's so funny. It's like, okay, like let me, the, how they pick and choose. Have you seen the thing this week? Which one? Kendall Jenner. Yes. Kendall Jenner. You know, Ken, yeah. yeah the, the, she puts out the tequila. She's putting the tequila out and all of a sudden she's culturally appropriating. I'm like going, well, what do you call George Clooney or Adam Levin or Sammy Hagar? Are they culture because they those guys made millions off their Ryan shit. Ryan Reynolds has his own gin and tonic. Yeah, and like, yeah, he's not Finnish. He's not Scottish. <laughs> I mean, are P. Diddy and fucking Jay-Z Russian? No, but their vodka sell a lot. I'm like, <laughs> you're picking and choosing because someone in the family worked with Trump on something that was much needed, which is a prison reform. All right. Oh, oh, terrible. People. Oh, oh God, terrible. And more so, I think they're just at her because she's a very successful young woman who doesn't buy into the bullshit. It goes back to, I love the term fuck you money. So she doesn't care. And I'm thinking, you know, man, I was like, this is where they're at. Anything that can be attacked, they go after. Again, again, what miserable sons of bitches these people must fucking be. Like Christmas and turkey dinners must be just fucking wonderful conversations. Of course, they don't celebrate either one of those because one is uh, white supremacist and the other one is uh, there is no God. So why are we celebrating it? 
There was a bear to, to step back to Texas because it just came to me. There was a bear in Texas that had to step down because the sensitive comments he made. And the overall theme of the comment was someone asked him, like, but what can you do with uh, you need to step up and help your are you people, your constituents, and all this? And he goes, Listen, there's only so much we can basically do. If you if you have to you have to take care of yourself and your family. And they thought, oh, you can't say that. You have to take care of your people. And he had to step down. But when you you think of it, man, if you, how, what in what sense, when did we become so entitled that we can't protect ourselves, or our own kid, our own family, our own house? Was this right? a, was this a survival of the fittest comment? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just like I, it, I, he could have worded it better. He could have he could have he says we it should have said something. You need to be self sustainable. You need to be right. Now, yeah, if you're you know, leader, and, you have to have different tact and a way of saying something. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But um, man, honestly, if I, I'm always ready with spare flashlight stuff to burn, extra propane generator. Uh, well, someone made a really good point too about Texas, and I and I we had a few jokes. You know, there's a lot of things. A lot of people from the north. I mean, hell, I. I come from the East Coast. You're in the East Coast. I mean, yeah, yeah we make fun of people like, that's a, that's a, that's yeah, it's just like, it's like, you know, oh, you guys get like one inch of snow or two inches of snow and you freak out. I'm like, well, it's all like because we're not designed to deal with it. We can't, we don't have the infrastructure to deal with it. But I'm like, you know, those same motherfuckers that say that shit, when they come down to Texas in August, they're like, holy shit, this heat, I can't deal with it. And we're like, yeah, welcome to Texas. You know, you don't get this kind of heat up in Des Moines. You know, it's, it, it, so it, it's, it's just so funny. But, the thing about the whole thing in Texas with everything going on, one thing you didn't say, and someone wrote a good article about it, you know what you didn't see? Any looting. You saw people helping each other. You saw H-E-B. Did you hear about H-E-B? No. The food. H-E-B, it was in, this one was right outside of Austin. Uh, I'll have to remember the town. It's outside of Austin. H-E-B, the, the lines were like an hour in the store to get to the thing. They lost power. So instead of making people put their, it's on, you know what they did? Whatever you have in your cart, take home free. Shut up, really, man. Probably lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in pro, but you know what? They didn't care. You know what, dude? You'd have to spend millions to get that kind of good publicity. And obviously, and and, and, and HEB right. is a Texas thing. It's a Texas homegrown thing, and they think Texas. And I was like, man, if that represents Texas more than it, there's nothing that represents Texas and the Texas spirit more than that. It's like, dude, we saw. Unlike, granted, we, we got a ton of help during uh, the when Houston got flooded out from the Cajun Army, but I mean, a lot of ways, Texas and Louisiana are kind of kissing cousins. Um, literally. But, yeah, literally. But to see that happen, dude, and the fact there was no lootering, no, not, if you, there was, it was very minimal. I mean, if, if anything, it's people probably stealing other people's firewood. You know, but HEB doing that and like, you know, Convention centers, as they should everywhere, open up to get people in there if they want warmth and whatever else. But people really, like you said, man, if I got flashlight batteries, I'm bringing them to my neighbor. And it just, if anything, it just showed that spirit. I mean, granted, there's a lot of damage and there was some deaths that's going to happen. But you know what, dude? You can go to Chicago or St. Louis or something in any winter when it's bitterly cold. You're going to find like people who have been like shut in forever who are dead in their apartments because they lost electricity somewhere or another, you know? Right. You know, this is, a, again, all I see is, like, MSNBC, basically, like, that's, they're the fucking worst. But by the way, fuck everybody. They're the fucking worst, dude. I'll go to the gym, and for some reason, well, it's New Orleans, what do I expect? I have all these fucking, like, 
ESPN and Home Shopping Network and maybe a cool movie playing, and then there's one news outlet. It's like MSNBC. Just talking shit. It's not. It's that. It's that face that Nicole Wallace or whoever else won with the pasty face, like like just got kicked out of the junior league, kind of pissed off, bitter looking, like pissed off her husband didn't like you know compliment her casserole look. Yeah, tuna casserole. Yeah, like you know the board, you know, just a terrible woman. And it's all like the January 6th and they can't let that go. I'm like, look, you guys already lost that, 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 uh, you know, that impeachment on that deal. They can't let it go. I'm like, who are you trying to convince of anything now? Cause their big push now is like white supremacy is like taking over. Like it's a, like a spreading wildfire in the country. I'm like, where are you getting this? I, where are you getting this? Right. So, so, um, but they're showing, um, so they, now their big headlines, there's guy, Ari Schemler or Welber or something, Melber. Ari Melber, he's like got some show called The Beat. And I always happen to go in the gym when he's playing and I just, he's got that punchable face like you want to throat punch him. Because it's always about that smug look whenever he gets some like, and by the way, the word expert no longer exists because they bring on any fucking fool. Like Mike, it's like bringing Michael Cohn in now, who's like a, like a, like a constitutional expert. <laughs> Bullshit. Right. He's good at paying people off. That's about it. Anyway, he uh, so he all he does is fixate on he was fixated on that. But now this new nugget that Cruz left, Cruz abandoned state, leaving it to people to die. What? Yeah, I it's so weird, man. I, I'm just so <sighs> over the just the rhetoric of that of both sides. Just like just show oh, me dude, the yeah. are, show me the truth. I don't care about your opinion. Give me the fact. There, yeah, these opinions. So, and I love how like CNN now has banned Chris Cuomo from talking about his brother. I'm like, you didn't have to ban him. The guy was never gonna bring him up on his program anyway because he's in a fucking he's knee deep in shit. Yeah, I I think he might be used as a scapegoat for all those. If if thousand anything, percent, if he did it in New York, all those mayors, those cities, like New Whit- York, yeah, yeah, all, the Michigan chick and all them, yeah, California, yeah, like, it's all gonna come out. I think honestly, man, there's so much more people are gonna wake up to and be like, this is bad. Well, you're right, dude. It needs to stop on both sides, and it's just like you know, just give us the facts again, dude. I, if I could like time continuum, jump back and change anything. I would have basically made sure that the idea of a 24-7 news program never came to, 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 to happen. It should have been always like the half an hour shows and the morning, dinner, and night. And it basically gave you like three minutes on sports, three minutes on weather, 20 minutes on national and international news, and that's it. I wonder and it what wasn't it was. A, was it OJ or like the Gulf War and stuff where it became 24-7? Like what was the catalyst? CNN became a thing. I guess someone came up with this premise and it took off. And, you know, it went from there. Every network from Fox and everyone else was going to get in the game too. Um, some outliers like HLM and things like that. Now it's just a disease, man, because they have to fill up time. And that means creating content, whether it's made up narrative or just beating a dead horse until the horse is, well, dead. Right. So that's how that happened. It's like the same with like sports. I don't need ESPN to like, dude, when it's like two o'clock in the morning, you're like having to go to poker. No sport. Yeah. I, I, I watched, I think, Bocce the other night, late night. I'm just like, I mean, I'm into it. Don't get me wrong. Darts, bowling. Point? It's like, man, come on, dude. It's like, you know, that should be like on, I don't know what network. You don't even actually you know what? You don't even need to televise that shit. 
No, just watch the Nick Cage movies. After 8 p.m. on ESPN, it's just straight Nick Cage. Straight Nick Cage. Yeah, damn it. Loves it. Let me tell you, I cannot wait for that new movie he's got coming out, the one where he's trapped. They try to trap him in the uh... – Wally's Wonderland? Dude, I've yes! seen it. I've seen it. How's it already? Is it already out? Yeah, it, you can get uh, – it was out on the uh, kind of streaming type stuff. I think it was PlayStation – through the app or one of I've, I've watched it, dude. Dude, let me tell you something. After Mandy, Mandy's. Dude, movie, I have an autographed picture by four of those cast members. I'm just waiting at the cage. Dude, so listen, I, I love Nick Cage from the outset when he did Valley Girl. I was like, this guy is so crazy and a quirky, and of course his two second role in in Fast Times. You know, he's, yes. he's one of Brad's buddies. But dude, when you start seeing like. That and then you start getting into the heavy duty stuff like Con Air and Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans. The Rock, National Treasure, Boots. Well, the, the Rock, Rock he had to play kind of some of a straight guy, but a little like a little smart assy kind of straight guy. Yeah. That that role has now been replaced by Ryan Reynolds everywhere, right? Yes. But when he started getting to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm taking the gloves off and I'm just going to be maniac. I'm just yep, going to be a man oh, like Vampire's Kiss, dude. Oh, get the fuck out of town. <laughs> that's such an underrated movie dude. dude and the thing is it's so good because the line i mean dude i mean line for line is up there with caddyshack yeah 100 percent. and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah wally's, wally's wonder world dude uh, so that and just like dude oh like hey, what was the one with share uh where he like moonstruck, moonstruck with, dude with just the wooded hand Oh, dude, and this listen, and then we start going into absolute gold, raising Arizona, raising Arizona, oh. and and fucking uh, wild at heart. Yep, just I David really Lynch and David Lynch's mind and ability to say to Nick, to, to to say to Nick Cage, do whatever, have fun, have fun. I'll see have you at this. <laughs> so, dude, so I I always laugh when people go. I think that the three best actors in the world to me, three best actors in the world to me, are Nick Cage, Keanu Reeves, and Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, dude, you know what you're getting. They always deliver. They always deliver. Cruise, I mean, Cruise is just such a hard ass and so dedicated to the craft and like giving you. He wants to show you how hardcore he is. Well, give take out all the the Scientology, all the other drama, and this is awesome, dude. All those Mission Impossibles. Because Top Gun Two is going to be fucking off the goddamn charts. Dude, he's have, he's going to be the first artist, the first movie ever shot in space with Elon Musk. Like the guy has lofty goals, does his own stunts, gets all the funding, still delivers worldwide blockbusters. Yeah, the guy's dude. A star. And like I said, Keanu, man, listen, I I think that Bill and Ted, that the last one they put out, that was a mistake. He shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have gone back there. I think he was trying to help out Alex Winter. A hundred percent. Yeah, but I don't think he should have done it. Uh, but I think the idea of obviously I'm not a, I've never seen any Matrix. I've never seen the Matrix whatsoever. And John Wick is the greatest character since basically Dirty Harry. Oh, 100 percent. And Every not just from a vengeance standpoint, but just you start you do the when you see all the like behind the scenes and how much work he puts in the he was already a martial arts guy, but putting all that gun work and all that fucking yeah. like real life scenario. Dude, it's so insane. So you then you watch him and he goes, man, he just plays such a presence, like menacing as hell. But just that how he plays that role. And then, dude, still my favorite 
the most sellable he ever was to me when he did River's Edge and he played the stoner brother. Yep. I've never seen a better like role played for a stoner. And I thought that that Joseph Levitt and Hesher was pretty good. Yep. Nothing like what Keanu Reeves pulled. He was so authentic, man. He just looks like that. To this day, he looks like that guy. 100%. See, I used to love John Cusack for that reason, but he went so ultra left and off the rocker that... He doesn't make it fun. He's not fun anymore, dude. I mean, No, but like before, dude, like... Like he was like it went from high fidelity to bust love dogs that time frame. Like he was so good. Empire Records, dude, just so. And you kind of just like, dude, for what? Like you could have been that character, dude. Every guy relates to. Well, dude, for some reason he was getting all those action roles. I'm like, that's like the last action guy I'd ever think. I mean, I'm not saying he was good in them, but they did okay. Oh, he was great in Con Air. Let me tell you what. <laughs> oh yeah, for, forget about it. I mean, that whole cast was great. Yeah. Uh, but that's just one of those movies. that's just like kind of so. You'll be talking with you. Yeah, right. And so, so, dude, so those guys, and then my favorite, like, acting, like, one, like, a duo I could watch forever is when uh, Downey Jr. and Jude Law do uh, Holmes and Watts. Yep. Yeah. Guy Ritchie, those, those are like, they're so good. And I, Guy Ritchie needs to do Rock and Roll too. I don't know what's going on there. I think that might be his top three best movie. Have you? Did you see The Gentleman? I did. It was oh. okay. I wasn't in yeah. love with the film. I, I, I was. I, I the more it's he's one of those guys. I, I have to watch that one more, and then I'll go. Okay, this is good. Hugh I mean, Grant was pretty good, man. He's devilish. Well, you Grant now the, the the very a very British scandal is great too. He's kind of back, and I dude, listen. I know he had that little run in, and he like you know for for, for some reason. Catted around on Hurley. I don't know why he'd ever do that, but dude, I love those early rom coms with him in him. I really do because he's such a like a poofter, you know. Notting oh, Hill. Uh, oh, dude, he was just he was custom made for that the the Bridget Jones stuff. But I mean, yeah, bringing him into Gentleman was such a that was a genius move by Guy Ritchie. Rock and Roll. I mean, Gerard Butler. Dude, that cast. Uh, Andre Benjamin. Uh, just so good, man. A lot of people didn't watch it or like it. Rock and roll is, it's almost perfect. It is. Because, okay, let me put one more actor into the bunch here that is my favorite is Mark Strong. Oh, dude, his work in uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Rock and Roll, Robin Hood, the bad guy. the, the 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 what's the one now the 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 new kind of with the one with that had Colin the uh, first uh, 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 the spies uh, they were the spies the Kingsman the Kingsman everything the guys the guys a god yes he no he's so witty he plays every character great he steals every scene every yeah scene. yeah and yeah dude so yeah just. God, so 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 fucking good. <sighs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm gonna take a shower with rock and roll VHS copies all over my back. No, dude, it really is completely. I wish more people, because obviously with Guy Ritchie, it's Lock, Stock, Snatch, um, and there's there's movies that didn't do well, which would be the Robin Hood one. Um, I liked Robin Hood though, so man. I, I thought I, it was like, good, dude. They didn't like it. Because- it didn't do really well because it was just kind of 
I don't know why it didn't do a qual. I but think because at the time King Arthur won too. Was Clive Owen, which is badass. Did he do Clive? Did he? Do, what was it? Was that the one? King Arthur, I think. Clive Owen, uh, uh, Ray Stevenson, Mads Mickelson, the Falconer. Uh, I think that was Guy Ritchie. Berlin or did no no he did the one he he did the one didn't he do the one where um uh what was the one with um that had Jude Law and it had um what's his name uh Charlie uh, Hoonan she that was Jamie Fox right that was Robin or Arthur that was Arthur Arthur yeah that was that was was that Arthur is that King yeah, Arthur that? That? I don't know man what the hell are we talking about I'm googling <laughs> it hold on a second. We yeah, need intermission what, music. Yeah, what was the one? Look up the movie with Clive Owen, King Arthur. I know that's what they, that was one, but I thought that was Guy Ritchie. They looked like a dude. Guy what Ritchie. was the one? Since we're talking, what was the one with Clive Owen where he plays? Uh, he plays a really badass kind of like hitman. Shoot him up. Shoot him up, dude. Awesome. Gunfight while having sex. Uh, real quick, also too, I want you to note. Um, I don't know if you feel this way too, but Google search now is shit the bed. It it takes forever. It doesn't load. Duck duck go right on it boom 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 yep it's 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 amazing what they've done and i don't know what's going on with google i guess because they're so conflicted because that guy that runs google's a jackass yes he is uh see guy richie hold on a second hey ibmd imdb there you go that's that's the bible right yeah okay Sherlock Holmes, uh, he did I, oh he did the man from uncle too didn't like it no crap he did Aladdin. Weird. King Arthur was the one with uh with Charlie Hoonan. Okay, what was um, the King Arthur movie with Clive Owen? Who did that? Because that movie is baller. I do that, see. Okay, I remember when he just swept away because he wanted to impress his wife, give his <laughs> wife some homework. That was bad. bad. Clive Owen, a King Arthur movie. Yeah. Is that, yeah. that movie? Is that movie? Is oh, by the way, this makes for riveting podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I don't care. <laughs> we're, we're, they're giving a damn education, kids. Uh, I love it. Oh, I mean, I can sing cool. some journey songs while we wait. Close the children of men inside man, Gosford Park. Children uh, of men, sure. dude. Amazing movie. What was he, dude? The thing, the problem with people like Clive Owen, he's been in so many damn movies that you just kind of. Yeah, think. he was. He was in the last Hunter night. Movie. No. Last night he plays a raider, and it looks yeah, like a medieval movie. Stuff. That was Morgan Freeman. Intruders, Killer Elite. I think it was like early two thousand. Damn man, does he take every script that his, that his agent puts across the table? Yeah. Oh, are you talking about Elizabeth? No. Before that. King Arthur. Yeah, he did King Arthur. Yep. That, that was 2000. Who directed that movie, though? Let's find out. I'm going to it right because now, dude. That cast, dude. Mads Mikkelsen, Ray Stevenson. Antoine Fugo. Oh, Fugo. And his, yeah, Fugo, yeah. Joel Egerton, uh, Hugh Dancy. Yeah, Ray Winston. Yeah, there's some great ones, dude. Dude, you ever seen 44-inch chest? No. With Ray, you got to, you got to, that has uh, all those guys, too. But the best is John Hurt. And John Hurt plays this craggedy old gangster dude, and he's he's got he's got like Ray Walston like in a chair, and Walsh is all like hung over, and he's like beat up. He's been emotionally tortured. He's like, "Hey, don't act like a fucking cunt. <laughs> You're a man, not a cunt." I love 
crass British humor, man. It's oh, dude, they get it. Dude, so this is funny. So let's talk about the word for a second. So I saw this. Someone posted this. The word cunt. You know, excuse my French, but who cares? It's English, actually. Um, so the word cunt originated in 1544. It was initially an ancient term that meant faithful and loyal friend. So have a cunt meant having a friend who always had your back, never abandoned you, and provided friendship and support even though through hard times. Sincerely encourage each other to value being a cunt above all other virtues. So who hijacked that to make it the foul thing it is? I don't know, dude. Some unimaginary bastard. I don't know, dude. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, man, why did they take, you know, cigarettes a fag in England? Why is it, why did it turn into something that relates to like gay or homosexuality? Yeah, it's just weird. Like you can't create your own word. Why do you got to steal everything? Yeah, and those are good words I still like to use, man. But I still like hearing them. I still like, but I'm like you, dude. I like to watch English films, and they still they still use it as part of the thing. And no one goes, oh my god. So it's funny because a buddy of mine posted he was just last night watching the uncut Blazing Saddles. He's like, there's no way this is getting made again. Oh, what an iconic movie! Oh, oh dude, now I thought, well, you know what? Bad News Bears, the way it was originally oh, shot, god. would never get done again. Just for that 15 second blurb that that. Uh, that Tanner said when he's by the car, <laughs> that would never pass muster. You know, they'd all lose their minds, dude. Talk about but an underrated character for Walter Matthau to portray, dude. So good. It's like, but it's so funny. It's like I know that when they redid the movie, a lot of people were offered the thing before Billy Bob Thornton took it, and they were afraid to take on the character. They're like, "It's I can't do this." It's like that's like you know, dude. It'd be like some jackass going, "Oh, I think I could play Quint." Do you really think you could play Quint? Yeah, unless you're Quint's son, who actually looks just like him. Um, you're not. You're yeah, not, no, uh, no. And I'm thinking, okay, listen. If if they if they got so ballsy that they thought, well, we're going to remake this, but we're going to do we're going to redo Jaws, which it was well within their stupidity to do. Because they they show their unoriginal bastards. The only originality is coming out is on Netflix. It's not coming out of Hollywood. It would have to be someone so out there, like Dan Aykroyd is quit. Someone not so even, dude. Either that, or it would have to be. I'm trying to think, who Robert Duvall's too old. Duvall, uh, yeah, it, 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 you know, you don't even want someone like that. You want someone like a Ray Winstone, maybe. You, but that's almost too close. You you want to replicate it, but not so much so because you got to remember, like Quinn was playing like an Irishman, right? Right, right. And so it would have to be. And nowadays they'd want to make him like more like beefier, like kind of more like action packed. So you could see them going, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna offer this to Daniel Craig," you know, kind of thing. Right, which great and you know, actor, and dude, if Craig just... wasn't Bond, I would think, yeah, that's probably actually pretty good because he's physically he's beat, he looks beat up looking. Yeah, he looks you know? like he lives on the ocean catching fish. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, who do we know that looks like a fisherman? <laughs> Nick Nolte. You know who be you? <laughs> hey, actually, you know who'd be perfect? Mads. <laughs> Mads would be perfect. Oh, he's got he's a the intensity and the oh dude. He, he and he's smart enough to work on the dialect. He could pull it off. To where he wouldn't sound um, like he's like wrestling with the English, dude. That's note, the only guy. The, the only guy that could do that is him. Side note: uh, Fret Rags is re-releasing uh, those Jaws Crew T-shirts we got. They sold out like five minutes. Buying another. They're doing a limited run. 
I, will they give me it? I'm, I'm subscribed to email. Will they send that to me? They should, yeah. All right, because I'm buying three because I have friends that were like losing their shit over going, dude, for that T-shirt. So, um, yeah, dude. So, so oh, let's break down Jaws for a second. So, okay, so if we did this in our imaginary world, which I never want to happen, by the way, Mads playing Quint, who's playing Chief Brody? Ooh. Again, another hard character to do. Because uh, you have to have someone that's like Ethan Hawke, maybe. <sighs> He's a little too vulnerable. He's a little too vulnerable. And I no, like this Rose Schneider was like in his mid late thirties, early forties when he okay, did that. So Rose he Schreiter, though, he has to look like, like a family guy. A family guy like that's like tough. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, well, because he was just coming off of uh French connection. Uh uh, so dude, you'd have to get someone who's a little vulnerable, a little naive to the way the island politics work, because he's out of the city. Um can't be a comic. It has to be someone who has a lightness about him, but it's not a comic. Interesting. Think about this for a second. And I don't mind taking a podcasting space because this is important. portent. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think here. Yeah. There's no time limit here. What? Yeah. I'm to think. So, do you have an idea in your head already? No, that's what, let me think for a second. And I don't want to say, well, let me, I'll pick someone who was a cop in a movie. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Oh, huh. but so you're uh, thinking the same age group, though, like 30, 40, 30, 40. Well, you got to kind of somewhat replicate it without like like onion papering it where you just put it over and trace. So it Robert has to be Pat something. Robert Patterson? Willem Dafoe? No, Willem Dafoe would actually be much better as playing like. The mayor. <laughs> no, because he couldn't pull off those go to hell blazers. Yeah, good point. Uh... Um, let's think for a second. This has to be really thought out. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. <laughs> uh, no, dude, no. As the shark. As the shark. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Trejo plays Orca the ship. Uh, okay, hold on. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you who'd make a great, uh, a great. Uh, uh, um, uh, Brody, I think Jude Law would be great. Yeah, he's vulnerable. He, he acts a little naive because he he plays naive and kind of a little out of the water when he's with Downey. He's very, he can appear very aloof, but is it? Yes, exactly. So that, that actually might be a stretch for me to even th say him. It has to be someone so like I didn't think about that, but that's perfect. So let's move on to who would play uh, Hooper. Uh, yeah, Hooper. Which was, now this is, uh, which was Dreyfus in the original. Yeah, this one you could play. You could play. You, could, you don't even have to get a Nebich Jew. You can get anyone. God, Jonah Hill. Yeah, you could do. You could do like a Jonah Hill type. Um, Channing Tatum you know who'd be really good at, and you're going to laugh don't laugh at me for saying this but you know who would be a really good Brody Zach Efron yeah he would 100% because he, he's at that age now 100% and, dude, and he's and a great I, actor dude well that I mean let's put along the, the, the snafus like Baywatch and like that what he did with that document the travel documentary amazing Amazing. And yeah, I was like, man, I got I, like, I, Part of me was wondering if this was 
Zach Efron be himself or Zach Efron playing a version of Zach Efron? No, I think he had – it's like he had – I've never seen anyone actually physically go through – at a like visually go through an epiphany. 100%. Like I felt like I was there. He's like, what am I doing with my life? Why am yep. I not out in the world and finding anything out? Hollywood is this and that and that. So, dude, I think Efron would be great. I think I would – if someone says that's who's going to be, I would like, I'm good with that. That's cool. Yeah, same here. Now, who would play – Oh, dude, you know who also make a really great uh, Quint is uh, – I I forgot his name, but he was on Deadwood. He plays the hotel owner in uh, oh, John Wayne. Oh, Ian McShane. There you go. Perfect. I was, I was thinking Will Patton too. Oh, yeah, 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 from like Armageddon. Yeah. Brody, you could actually go and have some – I mean, Quint, Hoper you could have some fun with. But not like – You still have to play that character, though. Cause I think another to... serious another serious contender, if you and he can be serious, I think that in Brody you could do Luke Wilson. Yeah, you could. Or at least oh, – yeah, you could actually. You could, yep. Yeah. Even Vince Vaughn could play a good – Yeah. Like, he's just so – or Vincent D'Onofrio, dude. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio is – he would be a yeah. He'd be good, but I don't think there's a role for him. Now, okay, I so don't. Who, would, who is the upcoming starlet that would be killed off first, like the homage to the first one? Oh, like Susan. Uh, that would be a good time to have a just as someone who's doing a cameo who's pretty funny, like Kate Winslet or something. Yeah, it would be like never when Scream came out, they killed Drew Barrymore, like those movies would kill off like these really big stars. Yeah, but at that point though, I don't think sometimes you don't want to give it too much of a wink. That's what I'm saying. You know? so it have to be like, imagine like Julie Andrews in there, <laughs> dancing her way down. No, dude, so it'd have to be just some young girl, some young like first-time actress getting her but name talk in about there. An iconic death, though. Iconic. Probably the best death of all time. It is best. The best film death of all time has to be Jaws opening sequence. There's, it had, there's, that's the first time you heard the music too, man. Right. Well, you heard, yeah, the music was playing the shark. The shark. That's why Spielberg is so. Okay, real quick, we're going to turn this into a Joss episode. Fuck everybody. So, the the the, the genius behind him, and I was watching that Spielberg documentary. And I didn't think about it, but the fact that they were having so many problems with that shark they were trying to build and do. Yeah. How can we utilize the idea of the shark and create mystery and fear in people? Is you create things that represent the shark, the barrels, the music. You don't even have to ever show the shark. The shark's very, it's in the movie at the end more so, but the way they just use like when the dock is being drug out and it turns around, the shark is now wooden planks coming towards you. Yes. I mean, just, that is that is not the work of a 25 year old. That is someone who's been in the business so long, but he just, it just shows you him his gift. What am yeah. I gonna do? What that was, so if anyone goes, if, let's say if you're working with someone, they go, well, we don't have this to do that and this to go. I want you to think like Steven Spielberg and Jaws and let them think about that and chew on that for a minute. So, dude, so I think that um, I, I'm trying to think, OK, if you have someone playing, who's playing, who's playing Chief Brody? Who's playing L L Lorraine Brody or not Lorraine Brody? What was her name in that thing? Was her Lorraine? So it was Lorraine, married, Lorraine Gray is her name. You'd have to be married to. Uh, who's who's Miss Brody? And who's playing Sandra the mayor? Like, yeah, she'd be good. She'd be or, good. Who's the other, main, I, the other major? The thing about Sandra Bullock is like Sandra Bullock. The thing with me is she doesn't seem like she'd want to play that vulnerable. 
Because right. he'd want to be like, because remember, did she pretty much just played the vulnerable wife who was like, you know, in panic mode a lot of times. She it only in like number two or three did she come back as like kind of a hard ass. Now I wonder if who were the other besides the mayor? Then you have the mother of the kid who got killed, the son, the boy. Like she'd be a she she could she could be someone like a Judy Dead. You could like you, well, no, yeah, you could pull someone like that, or uh, who is a hot little biscuit still? That's like that played in red. And um, oh, Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren, yeah, something like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, something like that. The bear um, is such a buffoon, you get stoic, yet like he. So it's a weird. Oh, he, dude, he's your typical. Bear. He's your typical. He's your typical small town uh, politician. Right. So you know, you do like Andrew Cuomo or Gavin Newsom. Those guys don't have the skills to be that dude. They can't even fucking. They, you, plus, you got someone who can pull off this blazer. So at that point, you know who you do? Bill Murray. Yeah, because he can play against the cast. The yeah, he can play there. totally serious. He can play totally, yep. he can play dick. I mean, all he basically has to do, hey, 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 Bill, I need you to kind of channel the guy you were in Kingpin a little bit. But Roy you Munson. need to pull up. Yeah, you need to pull up. Yeah. Ern, Ernie McCracken. Yeah, Ernie, you need, be a little bit of a McCracken. Be a little bit of like, a, or who else might be good? Christopher, the guy who played on, uh, who played, uh, no, the guy who played Shooter McGavin. Oh, in, uh, uh, yeah, I got Christopher. Uh, even dude, even that, or Gary Coleman, the guy, you know, like fucking Gary like Cole. Gary. Yeah. yeah, Gary Cole, Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. <laughs> of course, nowadays they might want to have Gary Coleman if we had to have a character in there. Um, it's alive, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the thing now, though, dude, you know how. You know how the marketing and, and movies go, you know, they'd want to mix up the cast. Right. You know, we have to bring in some other flavors here. You know, unfortunately. So what do you do? You bring in Jordan Key in to play Hooper? Yeah, I mean he's if it's if as long as he plays the character I don't yeah, dude, that's the thing. It's I like you know what, dude? The, the, the like if someone said, you know, because you know, if you're gonna say, okay, if you're gonna have a let's say if you're gonna change up things, I'm like, you know who I'd I'd be you know who I'd be okay with playing Quint? I'd be fucking more than happy. Denzel Washington. Oh, but he'd be perfect. Perfect. Matter of fact, let's, let's, do, let's do this. I wanna, okay, so let's do a black cast of Jaws. Why not? Fuck. Denzel Washington would be perfect. Yep. I think that Jordan Peele would be a great Hooper. Or is okay. it Peele or Key? Yeah, it's he's Peele, right. So he'd be a great Hooper. The cop... You could get that kid. You could play the perfect guy. Would be who's the kid? Anthony. He was in like lock Anthony the Hurt Locker. Mackie. Mackie. Yeah, Mackie is as as Brody. The band um, like, or is that like uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Someone like that would be fine. George Wallace, if he's still alive. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, no, no. Listen, let's just have this movie that doesn't feature Samuel Jackson. He I don't want him anywhere. Jaws, he might be the first one to kill to the water first. You're mine, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So they you know what, dude, quite honestly, I I could see them I could see a Jaws with American uh, African American actors before I could but see it with anyone else right now. Quite honestly, if we're gonna do that. If if that, that not that it would ever happen, I'm just saying 
Because even those people who are like those actors be like, yeah, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to get my, I'm not going to go and try to redo this. Well, it's movie. just like you could do it all Asian or an all Native American or an all or Bollywood. You could do it a whole Bollywood or Latin. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just like looking at actors for that role. Absolutely, dude. So I don't sit there and like, listen. I just think it'd be stupid to redo that movie. That's like trying. Why would you even try to redo the Exorcist? Stop. Just stop where you're at. Stop where you're at. Uh, I mean, that's, it's like Alien. Don't ever try to redo Alien. Just don't. There's no one that does. No one plays those roles like Sigourney Weaver. No one plays like Tom, Tom Skerritt. No one. Uh, Forget about Toto. it. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's going to do it like Rob Bottom. No one's going to do that makeup. No one's going to do all that stuff. Yep. Giger. You're not going to, you know. Yep. It's so it's just kind of like. Um, basically, it shows you that we have better ideas in Hollywood. And this all ties into Randy Jackson drinking lemon juice. Randy Jackson, that's right. Man, he might Mer- be the, a- the mayor with some like sweet bass lines or something. I think what's with how we circle back to this properly and we do it when we can just keep it off our shoes is this. Is we're talking about redoing things. And then juxtaposing people in who you wouldn't think about playing that role. Randy Jackson playing the role of Ross Valerie. Never thought about it before. Now it kind of makes sense. 100%. Even though I just, like, I can see Randy Jackson where his funk acumen playing in, like, love and touch. And he walks like a lady and, like, love and touch and But when you're trying to, like, dig into, like, any time and, and songs like that are more rock-centric, I'm like, it's just... Stone in love, it just falls flat. Even though he has the same playing style, he, he plays with his fingers. He's not a pick guy. Ross Valley was a finger, like finger right. picker. So, um, yeah, dude. Look, man, if we can somehow make today's conversation start with Randy Jackson and his lemon uh, addiction, and somehow circle back to Jaws and uh, Anthony Mackie, and then come back to Randy Jackson and land on our feet with the dismount and not get marked down by the South Korean judge. I think we're okay. Dude, this was a great third episode. <laughs> I'm into it. Let's uh, wrap this up here. Thank All right, right let's wrap it up. Fuck, man. It Thank was good. Any last? <laughs> yeah, thanks for paying attention and coming on this, like, just like this we do, whole. We do apologize for the 20 minute Google IMDb search, but it was worth it. And uh, we'll see you guys. Well, they were going to do the same thing. They were going to, we just saved them time and we had banter. And, you know, so whatever, you know, dude, again, shooting from the hip, man. I love it. It's not always pretty. I will, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Later. Yeah, dude, I'll talk to you uh, probably in a day or two. Talk to you in a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when we dissect the bag, who should play Richard Harris's character? Which one? Uh, Richard Harris's character, right? Or, and which uh, movie? Orca. <laughs> dude, I don't remember Orca to save my fucking life. All oh, I remember dude. is that was it Jacqueline Bissett was in it. Bassett. That, I all I remember from that movie. Um, I love that we. Is her leg getting eaten off? I love that we just keep going. The one thing I love about that movie: the movie ends with a whale flips him onto the iceberg and he dies. Okay, but who's the woman that got? Is it Jacqueline Bissett that got her like leg bitten off? I think so. Yeah. What in the genius? Did they ever make one about a squid or an octopus? Did they ever make like a legit one, like about the squid or an octopus? Yeah, it's called The Beast. Uh, William Patterson from CSI. 
it was based on the Peter Benchley novel. Uh huh. It was made for TV, but honestly, man, it's the Benchley made a novel about an octopus. Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley, yeah. Peter Benchley made the, the Jaws guy made. Yes, it's called wow. The Beast. It's an incredible book, but it was a made for TV eight hour movie. And honestly, uh -huh. man, it was probably the best made for TV movie in the nineties I've ever saw. I have to look that back up. No, dude. You, you love it, man. You would next time. Crazy. Next time, let's talk about one of the things I definitely want to talk about is like TV movies. The best TV movie of all time, and actually something we should maybe bring Kel into. Maybe not next time, but when we do. Uh, his favorite movie in the world is this movie called Cotton Candy. You familiar with it? No. Co Cotton Candy was the third made-for-TV movie that Ron Howard ever directed. It starred his brother Clint Howard, and it starred. Uh, do you ever see American Graffiti? Yes. Remember the guy who played Toad? Yeah. Okay. These guys are all seniors in high school, right? And they, they're they kind of nerdy guys. Like like the guy who played Toad, I can't remember, Charles, what's his name? I can't remember his last name. I'll look it up. Um, he is getting, he's too small to play on a football team, so the coach coaches him, cuts him, and he like likes to fool around with his guitar at home, so I start a band full of other geeks from school. And they, they, they're all the whole show movie is about him preparing the band with the right songs to take on the high school studs in this band called Rapid Fire. Now, Rapid Fire is made up of like the good looking long hair guys, and this guy who heads, I see, Kel would be perfect. He knows exactly who the guy who plays the guy, the stud in the in the band Rapid Fire. He was in the right stuff, and I can't remember his name. I have to look up, dude. We'll have to have Kel on. Let's maybe have him on for the fourth one. Yeah, that'd be good because we would talk about Cotton Candy and it's full because basically what it is a battle, it becomes about a battle of the bands. Yes. And it took place in a mall that we lived close by actually, actually growing up. Interesting. So, because Ron Howard, his early films, like he did that, he did that Grand Theft movie. Yep. He did that, like that corridor of like North Texas heading towards Austin, like heading south. He did he, that corridor of towns he did all these films in because it was super cheap. But Cotton Candy, dude, look it up. Look up the trailer. I Just look up Cotton Candy, like 1976 or whatever it was. That It's like the best, worst, most horrible, greatest film ever. I, you, I say no more. Clint Howard. These guys all look like they're in their 40s playing high schoolers, for one. And then Clint Howard playing a band manager, Corky. <laughs> Get the fuck out of town. The best. I, I'm going to check it I'm out. Fucking, I'm, all right, I'm going to text him and say, dude, free up someday next week. Yeah. We're doing cotton candy. Yeah, for sure. The food, too. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about the food. All right, dude. Later, later. dude. Bye.